Oh, that's fun. Well, good morning. How many of you are loving the uh, snow and the sun and the snow and the sun, <laughs> snow and the sun? <laughs> Man, it's great to have you here this weekend. Uh, what a blessed time last weekend with Easter celebration. I have good news. Um, he is still alive. Yeah, isn't that good? Yeah, he is still alive. And so I hope you're continuing to celebrate. It's uh, more than a myth. It's the truth. And so we are enjoying that together. We welcome you. I mean that. Thank you. Some of you, I've already met some newcomers for the weekend. Some people have just moved to Fort Collins. And so it's just great to have new people around. Thank you for, for checking out Timberline. And uh, we'd love for you to consider this to be your home church. There are many great churches here in Northern Colorado. So we want you where God wants you to be planted. I mean that. But if you have questions about us or want to know more, there's a little card in the chair back in front of you that has a QR code. If you're a tech person, you can point your camera there. It'll take you to a landing page where you can kind of see all things Timberline. You can also just visit our website, timberlinechurch.org. But we absolutely call this our living room. We're just a big old family that loves God and loves each other, and there's nothing fancy about it. That's just how it is. And so we talk about real life in here. And sometimes it's challenging, like today, I have a pretty challenging message for you. And uh, I think uh, God's, God's helping us, he's refining us. So uh, welcome, we're glad you're here. I also wanna mention, we have kind of a fun thing happening next Friday night. If, uh, if you don't have plans and you'd like to do something like this, it's not a long thing, but we are uh, Shield 616, is that what it's called? Yeah, they are giving and providing protective gear to 50 Larimer County deputy sheriffs. And we have been asked if we would host it in this room. And so we said, of course we would. So there's gonna be some presentations of safety and, and uh, all the deputies will be here, they'll receive their gear. And then, and then we have the opportunity to actually pray over them. What do you think of that? I mean, that's pretty cool, you know? So, so we... we we're, we're gonna just come and celebrate. So five o'clock next Friday, if you wanna come right here, we'll be here and we hope you can do it. And today is Summit class. If you're new to Timberline or haven't been to Summit yet, Bonnie, my wife and I, would love to meet you, spend some one-on-one -one time with you. You'll meet our staff. It happens at 1245 right in the auditorium on the other side of this one. And we'll feed you pizza. We'll take care of your kids through fifth grade. But you have to stay for the class. I've seen some of you trying to sneak out after the pizza, it's not. But the class isn't that long and we just spend some time together. It's actually pretty fun. We'll laugh a lot and uh, we'll see kind of the journey of Timberline, where we are, where we're going, and God helps us. So you don't have to sign up, just show up. You can sign up if you want to, especially if you have kids, it might help us if you did. But that's enough of all that. Hey, I, uh, I, I'm excited today uh, for a, a message that is just been bouncing around in my head. You know, we're in the book of Mark, going verse by verse. If you knew around here, we've just been going verse by verse through Mark and trying to really apply it to our lives. And today, Jesus uses this analogy that we're gonna look at about light. And I wanna start with a question. Now, this message this weekend, I don't think it's so much to try to get you ramped up and inspired to run out and change the world tomorrow. This is kind of a message where I need you to kind of lean in and go, hmm, like, I need to think about that. I'm not sure. 
and, and, or I'm really sure, or I'm not sure I'm doing that. And I need your brain engaged. And so plan right now to just work with me a little bit. I might give a little more moments for pause than I typically do with just some, are you thinking with me? Because it's that kind of a message. So here's my question to kick it off. It's a serious question, and I really, I really mean it as I ask it. What is the one thing that if you had it right now, your life would be perfect? It's not that funny, Doug. How many of you need more than one thing? Okay, okay. How, how many of you at least money came to mind for a moment? No shame in this. Yeah, it's true. Money's always a big one, that, that, and it would always help. But if, if, you, if you have had health issues that you looked death in the face, money wouldn't have been on your mind as much. Health, how many of you had health around there somewhere? Um, for some of you, it's like, oh man, relationships like family. If I could just get a new family. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> just kidding. That truly was a joke. I love my family. Um, how, how many of you would actually say there's no one thing that could make my life perfect? Matter of fact, let me really try to stretch it. Is it possible to have your life perfect in this life? It's not, is it? We sure strive for it, though. We sure chase it. I don't, I don't think that's wrong, but I'm gonna address it today. What are you chasing and why? A life of purpose could be way better than a life of comfort. But a life of purpose could get you killed. A life with real meaning could cost you something. And it might mean that you don't have the comforts that you would choose. Wow, see why it's quiet? Sobering thoughts, but very real. You know, last weekend at Easter, Christina Ross, who is on our team here, um, gave a little a video, we showed a video of her and her story of just a quick 30 second deal of fighting breast cancer and facing death. And, and then we also have Mackenzie Matthews, who's on our teaching team, you guys know Mackenzie? Uh, she has faced the same thing. Many of you ladies have faced cancer or breast cancer. And, and man, it's a challenge. Theirs was very rare and, and it could kill and all that. And they did a podcast together to really address this. And, and I just want to take a moment to say that at the bottom of your note sheet today is the QR code for that podcast. It's also on our app and it's on our website. But if you have an interest in that, it, it deals with some of the stuff I'm talking about today. It deals with life with purpose and life with meaning without necessarily having life bring to me everything I want it to bring to me. Well, this is the life I want. So I, I instead, I've called this a life worth living today. What does it mean to live a life worth living that empowers you to go out and make a difference with what you have, not what you wish you had? And Jesus uses this kind of analogy in Mark chapter four to help us get started with some contemplation, some thought about this gospel, this light, 
And that's the number one point that I want to give you today. Let's dive in and start talking about it. The analogy of light and life. The analogy of light and life. And so in Mark 4 and verse 21, Jesus is talking to his disciples and some folks about this. And it says, Jesus asked them, would anyone light a lamp and then put it under a basket or under a bed? Is that a rhetorical question? It is, he actually even says, of course not. Now keep in mind, there's no light switches in Jesus' day, right? So these lamps are oil-based with a wick and they would light these wicks and then they wouldn't put that light, if you wanted a light in your room, you wouldn't put it under the bed or under a basket. He said, of course not. A lamp is placed on a stand where its light will shine. Now, what he's about to do is he's about to walk us through the analogy of the gospel of Jesus Christ, your faith in the resurrection of Jesus, last week, lived out on a daily basis as a light in the world, that your light is meant to shine. And that sounds all fine and good, but it's not as easy as you might think it is, especially when you face trials. Now, I I don't know, I grew up with a little song attached to this passage. If you know it, sing it with me. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. That's the part you really, hide it under a bushel. No. Oh yeah, now you got it. Now you got it. I mean, I remember as a kid, they had contests between the boys and girls saying no. And those girls always won. Yeah. Hide it under a bushel, no. There's this, there's this idea that I am made to, to let my light shine. God's purpose in me is to let that shine. How that happens is filled with controversy. How I let that light shine. Am I supposed to be standing on a corner with a megaphone? Am I supposed to? We got some things to unpack about that. A lot of talk through the years about persecution. In this day, when Jesus said that, Rome was in charge and there was persecution of Christians. And so one of the things Jesus is establishing is, hey, you're in a culture where you might be in an environment where it's not popular to profess my name. And that's a very, very big reality. So keeping your faith quiet is not really what you're supposed to do. But it might be wise to do this because not everyone believes like you. There's a famous quote Don't know for sure, but it's credited to St. Francis, and it goes like this. Preach the gospel at all times when necessary, what? Use words. I think you get the meaning of that. You can be a light without talking. How is that? Integrity, purpose, meaning, action, behavior? Um, all, all the things you don't do as well as the things that you, you do. What would be some of the ways in our culture today that you would say that light 
could shine. You know, we're, we're in a church with a, a message of let love live. We say things like, there you are, rather than here I am. We try to honor others before ourselves. We try to lead with, with love in our culture when love is kind of hard to find, especially unconditional love. I, I made a list. I made, I'm a list maker when I, when I study for sermons. I'm not going to bore you with my list, but listen to others was on there. Um, offer help when needed. Be who you say you are. These are just things that you can make a statement about without talking. Um, Hypocrisy is a really big thing in our culture. Everyone has a, a little bit of it, but we're, we're working toward it. We're trying to be um, honest about our life and integral. I, I had a guy ask me, what's it like being a pastor these days? And I said, well, it's very public in many ways, and especially through the years when you kind of have your whole life lived out in front of people. You, I mean, our bankers know me and go here. Our, Insurance people are, you know, they know my credit score. They know my financial picture. They know all my personal stuff. They know um, all of that. So I can't pull one over on them, which is good. I'm happy for that. Do you know what I'm saying? And, and I like that. But that's what living in the light is about, is not, not being deceptive about who I am and just letting God use you where you are. You can offer your story when asked. But sharing your faith comes with risks. And I think this is a challenge. And so I wanna, I wanna just, that's kind of a preface point to say this whole analogy, we're gonna break it down over the next three points. Number two in your outline is this. A life worth living is living my faith out loud. Now that's tricky because I'm not meaning it to be obnoxious but I don't have to hide my faith either. So we need to talk about the tension in this. And in verse 22, here's what Jesus continues, the very next verse is what he says. For everything that is hidden will eventually be brought into the open and every seeker will be brought to light. Now before you jump into that too far, let me just say this is not, a talk, this is not talking about hidden sin. There are other passages in the Bible, I'll shout from the rooftop those secrets, the, so it's a real principle, but this, this is not what Jesus means at all when he's saying this. What he's saying here is, look, if you, if you act like you're not a Christian because you might get persecuted here in the Roman Empire, it's gonna be found out eventually. And then that hypocrisy is gonna hurt your testimony even more. It's gonna be revealed because of your life and who you are and what you believe. If you're really a believer, stand up and be a believer. Don't shrink back because people are going to know eventually. So like more, more modern day contemporary look at how this might look in our culture would be, let me just give you, I just made up an example. Let's say you, you found a job you love and you want, you're going to interview for it. And you find out that your interview is tomorrow and someone calls you and says, hey, just so you know, the person doing the interview is a total atheist and can't stand Christians. So don't mention it. Now I realize in our culture it's illegal to ask if you're a person of faith, but just put that aside for a minute. You go to the interview, you sit down, and the subject of faith comes up. And you know you might not get the job if you mention it. Will you mention it or not? Or only if you have to. I would say only if you have to is fair. 
But if they say, are you one of those believers? You have a decision to make. That's really more what Jesus is saying. When it comes to it, you're gonna have to identify. And I would say something like, you know, yes I am, but I've been told you're not and I can be respectful of how you choose to live if you can choose to do that with me. But I wouldn't say, oh yeah, I'm an atheist, I love it. Do I get the job? Why, because that's not true about me. So Jesus is just saying, it's gonna be found out who you are. I, one of my greatest examples of this, I've, I think I've shared this story before, but I, I'm gonna share it again because I think it's, it just fits into this so well. I, I, I'm off usually on Fridays, and so this was years ago. I was gonna go play nine holes of golf, and I, I got in at Collindale, just up the road here, and they, they put me with a threesome, and he said, look, these three old guys play every morning, um, so I'm gonna put you with them. Uh, they're a little rough around the edges. I didn't know what that meant. And uh, so I go, I go walking up to these three retired guys, and then they are cussing. They are telling filthy jokes. Even uh, the drink gal goes by in a cart and what they said about her. And I mean, I was just like, I don't know if I should even be in this. Have you ever been around someone that puts cuss words where they don't even fit? Like, man, at least get a flow with it, you know? I mean, <laughs> wow, it doesn't, that didn't even sound right. It was that, and I was pretty embarrassed, and a couple of them in the, you know, going down the fairway are telling me these horrible, I'm, I'm like this tension of, I can't really laugh at that. You know, it's not, that's not something I should laugh at, and then all of this, and you know, by, by whole five, the question comes. What's the question? What do you do for a living? Like, I'm an electrician. That's what I do. I'm, 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 I've had some creative pastor friends through the years say, well, I'm in life insurance. No, I said, actually, I'm a pastor. Yeah. All conversation ceased. <laughs> I was so happy I was only playing nine holes. Um, th those are examples of what Jesus is trying to say. Now, I'm personally comfortable with Christians who, you know, share their faith more aggressively than others. I'm very comfortable with people who use their lifestyle to be that testimony out there. I was actually in another city a few weeks ago and we were walking, it's a big, a big city, and we were walking downtown, and, and man, there was a guy with a megaphone that had a cross carrying around, just beating people up. Just, you are going to hell, get on your knees in front of this cross and repent now. I, it was like he wanted them to go to hell. Like, I, I, was, I almost confronted him. Like, I didn't know how to handle it. It did not set well with my spirit, and I was like, man, this, I don't think this is a good bridge. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was just too much. And it had no love in it at all. Is there a place for that? I don't know, you know, not, not in me. But I feel like, I don't know what, what God might put on someone. But I, I never wanna shrink back from being truthful about my faith. I, I had a, a, someone I was talking to a while back who was a professed atheist, doesn't believe in God at all, and pouring his life out to me, which I appreciated. And we got kinda to the end, I said, is there anything else I need to know? He said, no, I think that's, that's really it. And 
what do you think? What do you have to say? And I said, well, first I'd like to get your permission on something. He said, what? I said, I would love to begin, not right here, right now, out loud, but over these next few weeks, I would love your permission to just pray over you. <laughs> kind of went like that and said, I don't even believe in God. I don't believe in that stuff. I said, that's the point. I do. I'm the guy you need on this. You don't have, I'm not asking you to pray. I'm, I'm telling you, I would like permission to pray over you because I do believe. See, what I didn't do is say, well, I don't really believe that stuff either. In order to think I'm gaining a friend. You don't have to cuss to hang out with people who cuss. You don't have to do evil to, to be a friend of someone who's doing evil. Don't hide your light. Don't put it under the bed. Well, you don't know. Anytime I bring up the Lord, well, maybe you shouldn't bring up the Lord. You need wisdom in that. You don't have to put it in their face, but you should live with integrity. You don't have to, you don't have to do the things that that crowd is doing in order to gain the favor of that crowd if it's sinful. Well, yeah, but you don't understand. If I don't participate, they'll know something's up. Great! People died for this cause. Disciples were murdered because of what they believed. Wow. I want to live my life as a grateful person who does believe in God through his son, Jesus Christ. I'm not shrinking back from that. If that puts me in prison or takes my life, so be it. But that doesn't mean I have to walk out of here and be rude to people who don't share my belief. Amen? All Jesus is saying is it might cost you something. Is your light lit? Is your lamp lit? And in darkness is where you see it the most. So all this stuff matters. Am I living my faith out loud in a real way without being obnoxious? Number three, this, this goes a little deeper here. A life worth living, thirdly, is living with patience to understand. Living with patience to understand. Now Jesus is about to open this up and say quite a bit more about how we let this light shine. And let's just read this one verse, verse 23, and then we'll read the rest of the passage in a minute. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Simple little statement. But the way my brain works, I immediately default to. So does that imply that you could hear and listen and not understand? Yes, it does. There might be, you know, we started the year with this idea of follow the nudge. You guys remember that? It's been a few months ago. But God's really put it in my heart to say, Northrop, are you following the nudge of my spirit? Are you listening to me? It, can I count on you in moments where I have you present in a situation to follow that nudge, to hug someone, to love someone, to care about them, to ask about them, to step in just a little further. And I invited you into that tension. It's a tension. To follow that nudge. When is it appropriate? When is it not? How can I, how can I wrestle this in a, in a healthy way? And it's a huge principle to get right, that I must listen and I must understand. Ask yourself this question. Have I stopped listening well? Our culture wants you to believe that it's about what you say more than how you listen. 
And that's not what Jesus is saying. You ever play the game as a kid where you sit in a circle and you whisper something in someone's ear and it goes around the circle and comes back originally and it's like not even similar to what it was. I fear that happens sometimes in our lives because there's no clarity and we're not, we're not listening very well. We live in a culture right now where everyone wants to be heard. They don't want to listen. They want to be heard. And <laughs> I saw this. It was in my face the other day. I, someone told me about a newscast that I should watch, and it's like two conservatives, two liberals at a table, four people talking about issues in our world today. So I, I thought, I'll, I'll try it, and I, I tried. <laughs> but you know what happened? I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. Within 30 seconds, the question that was on the table to be discussed, all four people were talking at the same time. Like literally, all talking. No one was stopping, stopping their, their thought because someone else was giving a thought. I just, I just had a brain freeze. I'm like, I can't do this. It was so stressful. And then this one guy especially just started talking louder and louder and louder and louder. And it was like, I'm done. Because people want to talk rather than listen. And I just thought about this. I thought, why is Jesus putting this be a light, light your lamp, listen. And in implication from a textual viewpoint, it means listen to me, my spirit, but also listen to others. Be a good listener. I, I don't know if we are. I just want you to be open and honest about if you are listening well. And what does it mean to understand Understand what? Understand that life that's in front of me. Understanding that pain that might require a couple questions to go a little deeper and, and to be very real about that conflict that they're feeling, the tears in their eyes, the worry or the joy that they have, and sharing that and not bringing the conversation back to you about what you did when you were in that situation. Maybe just listening and having an ear, you know, to be that filter for someone that they need to talk to. So let me, let me, let me, let me finish this with the last point and get a, the rest of the text in front of you. A life worth living, number four, is gaining insight each day. If you really want to let your light shine and you really want to be who God is created you to be and live with purpose, then it's a daily grind in a good way. It's a daily decision. It's not just, oh, next year. It's like moment by moment. And, and this is verse 24. Then he said, pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given. Hmm. And you will receive even more. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But those who are not listening, even that little understanding that they have will be taken away from them. What is he saying? He's saying that he really likes it when we listen. And he, he will give us the understanding through the Spirit and through conversation as long as I keep palms up, ears open, paying attention, and not trying to just 
have my own answers to everything. Listening on a daily basis. A little bit of understanding in this life for God's plan is better than something else because it leads to more. And if I can get that, and if I can be hungry for it. So these are, there's some questions that I, I started to consider. Am I even attempting to understand more every day in my life? Am I, am I, do I really, am I striving for that? Ask yourself that question right now. Like, am I striving to listen to God more than I ever have on a daily basis? Or is my life pretty well set? I have a routine. I get up, have breakfast, go to this and this and this, and, and I'm set. It, it, do I have a plan? I, this is, I'm talking to me. You, you guys know, if it comes to me, I'm bringing it to you. So this week, man, I've been in a torture cell of, of seeing weaknesses in, in my determination to live out loud my faith because of a hunger that I want to have for God. And I, I, I it eventually, do I have any drive? Do I have any desire? And then I heard someone say a phrase outside of my conversation that was in a line, someone else said it. And this is what they said. And I've said it before. You've probably said it before. They were talking about some stuff they were facing right now, and kids and stuff, and they said, I just need to get through my day. How many of you have been there? I've been there. Just get me through today. God, get me through today. I think that's fine for some days. But we have people right now who have a life like that. I hope it's not you. I hope it's not me. I don't want a life where I'm just saying, just get me through this life. Because God made you for more than that, you guys. If you're listening and you're involved and your light is shining, God has a purpose, he has a plan. And he wants you to be engaged in these moments, but you'll never find it if you're just trying to get through your day. That's why I'm bringing this to you. That's why I'm bringing this to me. Is to say, I want you to live for more purpose than that. I want more than that. I want to have my life out there where I'm saying, God, go ahead and spin me. I, I don't need to chase that comfort level. I don't need to chase that next thing on my want list. I want to be spent. And I want my light to shine. Because that is where fulfillment comes. And that's where the light shines most. Even in darkness. Intentionality is the word. Am I being intentional about my growth in God through listening to God and listening to others? Wow. Okay, let me, let me close. How am I gonna do that? If I'm intentional, my list had like five things. I, I put it in three things. They're not on the screen. You don't have to write them down. I'm just telling you. The only way I can be intentional is if I put some time to it, like planning. My life is pretty blocked out, like hour by hour through my week, just like many of yours. And if it's on my calendar, I'll be there. But sometimes I need to just stop doing that and put, listen to God. Sometimes I need that space to just let God show up in my life. Another one is training. It's, it's the doing part. I, I can't. I can't expect something to happen in my listening skills with God and with others unless I put myself in a position where I'm training for that, like, like this week. Because I've been thinking about it, bringing this to you. I'm thinking about it, it's in my brain. I'm waking up going, when am I listening today? 
What, what am I changing in my pattern so that I have a moment to breathe with God? And then the last one I put down was just sacrifice. What, what do I need to sacrifice or who do I need to pay to help train me? You know what I mean? If you're gonna get in shape, you might join a gym, you might hire a trainer, you might change what you're eating, you might, it might cost you something. But significant change probably isn't gonna come without some kind of sacrifice. Can't just keep doing what I've always done, wanting a different result, as they say. And I think that's what this story is. And that's empowering to me, that Jesus uses this little analogy of a lamp and says, hey, we don't light the lamp and then hide it. Listening is how you get a big flame. And if I can listen and understand and live my life with love and care, and I can listen to your story, and I can listen to what's around me, and I can feel the prompting of the Spirit, guess what's gonna happen? I'm gonna live my purpose, because I'm gonna be sensitive to it, and I'm not gonna just survive my day. Though some days that's real, and I get it. But today I want you to just reach a little higher than that. Let's be the people of God who say, I've got time. I've got room on my plate. Say, well, I don't. Well, change something. Because it's, it's a big risk to just live with a full plate and never let your light shine at the level that invites others to join your journey and your walk. Amen? Let's pray about it. Lord, thank you that you're real and you knew the stresses of life. You knew that it's hard to listen. And I thank you for this analogy. I thank you that you took the time to teach your disciples what listening is because they're in a culture of doing, 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 doing. More, 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 more. And sometimes less is more. So remind us today as followers of you. And Lord, if there's anyone in here that's not a follower, anyone online, you guys, if you're not a follower of Jesus, I invite you to start today. Just start right now. Just say, Lord, I, I wanna follow you. I, I believe in you. I believe you created me for more than this and I give you my life right now. And trust him, we'll help you. But some of you need to say, okay, I've been, I've been looking at myself, my comfort, my, I've been driven, I'm working for this, I'm saving for this. It's all about me. Lord, forgive me. Show me some doors and pathways that get me involved and invested in other people where I can give and I can be fruitful and my light can shine in the darkness. We trust you, Lord, and we thank you in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray these things. Amen. Love you guys. Proud of you. These words, they're burned into me. Let's sing it one more time before we go. And uh, let's make a declaration with these words. Would you mind just standing if you're able and uh, sing it again one more time before we go?
be our declaration this week as we go out of this room. You guys, thank you for being that light. How many of you know our world needs it? There's a lot of darkness out there. We're called to let that love live. You guys, thank you for giving through Timberline. I just want to say this. I really mean it. Thank you for being active in that giving. I know we have a box back here and all that. Most of you give online. But that giving helps us to be able to respond in love at so many junction points that we don't expect. And sometimes just in an hour, something pops up in our community that we can respond to because you have given through Timberline. Sometimes it's regionally or a nation or, or the Ukraine or the needs around the world. And we can say, yeah, we can help. And that can't happen without you. We are making a difference. And I just thank you for it. And be that light as you walk. There's some tables out in the mall. There's a welcome center out there if you want to know more about Timberline. Summit, 1245. Come back and let us feed you. I'd love to meet you personally. Let love live. Say it with me. Ready? Let love live. Have a great weekend. Our prayer team is up here. We'd love to pray with you.